You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. One of the cool things about doing this podcast is I get to meet some very, very sharp people along the way. We get to ask some great questions and learn a lot about things on the road ahead and share them with you so you can have a better practice and a better life. And I met a very cool person named Florian Hillian, and he shared with me how AI could be better in dentistry than in healthcare. And we cover a lot of cool ground today. It's a very cool conversation. So make sure you listen. Hope you enjoy it. We'll see you soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. I love this because I get to see a lot of cool things and find some very cool people out there in the world to bring you some great information to help you create a better practice and a better life. And this whole AI thing is a big conversation in dentistry. You're either excited by it or you're a little threatened by it. And today we're going to be talking to an amazing individual who is on the cutting edge of where this will go. And I love the vision behind it. And his name is Florian Hillen. And we're going to be talking about how AI could ultimately be way better in dentistry than healthcare altogether. So Florian, thanks for being on. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much, Kirk, for joining and having me join. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm just going to go right there. And AI, while it's exciting... It's also threatening and it's more than chat GPT. Maybe we can just start here. Like let's, where are we on the map with AI? What is it? And um, how do you see AI in this whole process? And uh, let me just say this. You, yeah. you're not just somebody who's putting your toe in the water. I mean, you're, you're an MIT, re, former MIT researcher. So you, you've been involved with AI for very, very, very long time. So maybe you can kind of define it and help us better understand the conversation today. Yeah, happy to. Um, and it's absolutely a buzzword of the time, right? And and so, yes, as you said, like I, I spent most of my time in healthcare and, and AI. And so there is not a clear definition of AI, artificial intelligence. Um, but as you could think about it, artificial intelligence is really machine learning, meaning that um, you have systems trained on very large amounts of data 
And then what they all have in common is that there's an input and then there's a training in the middle and then there's an output. And that is what's common. So let me give you three examples of AI. Number one is ranking AI, and that is your Google or it is your Netflix. So for instance, you're going on Netflix and you're watching, you know, I don't know, all the seasons of Game of Thrones. Uh, that's probably on HBO, but you get the gist. So you watch all of these episodes and you love it because they can track that you watched every single episode all the way through. So that's the input. Then there's a trained system based on the watching behavior of everyone else with Netflix. And then there are a lot of people like you who watch Game of Thrones and they also watch this show. And then now the output for you is, hey, you like this show, maybe this is recommended for you. So that is piece of AI. The second type of AI is natural language processing. And that is, for instance, your Alexa or your Siri on your phone, right? The input is, hey, Alexa, uh, what is the weather like today? And then it's trained on lots of voices of lots of accents, like, for instance, mine. Like, back in the days, they didn't understand the German accent. Now they do, right? And then the output is, the weather is that is that degree and it's sunny, right? So that's natural language processing using voice. And then the third type of AI, and there are more, but overall, you can bucket these AIs into those different categories, um, is computer vision, meaning on images, right? And that, for instance, Kirk, is autonomous driving, right? Like, oh, there's a stop sign. Um, that's the input. And then the output is that the uh, Tesla brakes, right? And for instance, imaging AI is what our company, Video Help, also does, where we take x-rays and diagnose them automatically and provide a suggested treatment plan. Um, so that's also based on images, x-rays, right? Um, so it's pretty, pretty exciting. Now, I'm getting asked this question a lot because there's this buzz around ChatGPT, which is a phenomenal technology. And that, for instance, would be under the category of natural language processing. So instead of voice, it is text, right? So it's text. Um, you have an input. Hey, summarize this in this quote. It uses this large language model of ChatGPT, which is the word of it. That's the training in the middle. And the output is then what you see. So it's, it's, it clips into one of those categories, if that makes sense. So that's what AI, you know, on a high level is. Um, now, you know, I think we could fill the entire podcast about like threat versus opportunities. Um, I do believe that this is an industry-wide uh, um, disruption. And I think similar to when we had the industrialization or every time we have like a very new technology, um, lots of things are changing. Um, but I truly believe they will change for the better, um, right? And they will, in dentistry in particular, um, I think they will enable clinicians to finally spend more time with their patients to build this patient-provider relationship and trust and also make the job much more fun while it helps them on diagnostic as well as automates a lot of administrative tasks. So I think there's a huge opportunity. Besides right now, we have way too little talent anyways. Um, so, um, you know, we really need to make the most of the talent we have. So I'm, I'm, very, I'm very excited about where AI is going in general and then also in particular in dentistry. Yeah. Maybe you can talk to some of the things, the problems that AI solves that yeah. dentists have dealt with so for so long that would make it a partner for the future instead of a threat yeah that's a that's 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 a great question how you frame this um i think there are lots of them right but like let's think a little bit about it um i think there are there are problems um pre-office visit during the office visit and maybe post-office visit i think pre-office visit is all about patient engagement, scheduling, 
um, right? Scheduling appointments, etc. I think there we will see AI relatively quickly being introduced at chatbots, etc., where you can have a natural feeling discussion with the with the office of when you should schedule or reschedule your appointments. And it it helps the provider because you can be super responsive also on the weekend, but you don't need to be online all the time. And also it optimizes your schedule. And I, as a patient, I don't feel that I'm getting all of the sudden a cancellation. So that's huge. Then during the patient visit, right? Um, I think one of the biggest challenges we've been seeing is that there's a huge information asymmetry between the dentist as well as the hygienist and the, and the patient, right? The dentist knows exactly, okay, this cavity is all the way through the uh, enamel and into the dentin and it needs a filling. But now the patient, I don't understand that. So there's a huge suspicion, right, um, of the patient if you really need this treatment. And to be honest with you, this, this suspicion towards the provider is actually in dentistry larger than in any other healthcare domain. And one of the reasons is because in healthcare where it was before, is you have a radiologist who does a diagnosis, but then the surgeon confirms it. So we have a lot of confirmations vertically and horizontally, which you do not have in dentistry. You only have this one provider who does everything, diagnosis to treatment. So there's this, there's this mistrust, unfortunately, to some extent. And, and I think it's, it's not justified. Um, and so where we help, for instance, in that aspect is that we have FDA-approved algorithms, Kirk. Okay, so you can imagine you're, you are a dentist, and you are taking the x-rays or the hygienist takes the x-rays or the assistant, we automatically source this into our AI-powered x-ray viewer, which we call video AI. And it points out all the potential cavities. It points out the radiographic bone loss. It points out the calculus, et cetera. And it then visualizes it to the provider to make, um, you know, to make an informed treatment decision. But most of all, also to the patient. So they see an ad hoc second opinion. So... Where we've seen this is it helps tremendously with treatment acceptance. Like the treatment acceptance increased by over 20% of our customers because they are communicating with this AI, the treatment plan, right? So that's where it helps. Like it helps with transparency and treatment communication. And I think also then post-visit and administratively in terms of treatment planning, charting, claim submission, all of these front office tasks, which take a lot of time, and are not fun, right? And take away time from the entire stuff to spend it with the patient. All of that, I think, will be automated to a large extent in the next two years. And so we are pretty excited about it. And we are working here at Video Health. We are working, like we have tons of engineers and AI engineers working on that to solve these issues. So the clinicians can spend more time on either the treatment or the patient communication, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And one of the things that we chatted about before we hit the go button is this is not in a couple of years or it's around the corner or it's 10 years down the road. It's now. Can you explain that? Yeah. Um, so, so it's pretty phenomenal to, to observe that, to be honest with you. Like for three years, uh, our company honestly has been an R&D company, right? A research and development company. We needed to build algorithms with millions of images, hundreds of dentists, where we are able to prove that the dentist with the algorithm together can diagnose uh, more accurately than the dentist alone. And so there was a lot of research and development. But uh, we are live in the market now for, you know, soon a year, a couple of months, and we are seeing incredible results. We have already over thousands of dentists using our software. 
We are diagnosing already millions of patients right now, right? And we do know every second patient anecdotally from our FDA studies that every second patient we diagnose, we identify the treatment which maybe otherwise wouldn't have been identified. So there's a an impact which is happening right now, right? So it is it is probably I heard a statistic that uh, Video AI is the fastest selling product in the last two decades in dentistry. Really? So that's yeah, that's pretty phenomenal because it's as disruptive as intraoral or um, digital X-ray, right? But at the same time, it's a software product. So all your listeners right now, they can go on video.ai or videohelp.ai either, and they can request a demo and they can install it in 30 minutes and then the AI enables. There's no, you have to ship something or there's no hardware component to it. It's a software, right? So it is now in the sense that we are already diagnosing millions of patients right now. But then also, um, you know, Every one of your listeners, if you, for instance, have Dentrix or Dentrix Ascend, um, we have a partnership with Henry Schein that we are already li- we are already integrated in over thirty thousand practices right now. Right now, we're integrating them, but we are not live yet. But you just have to flip a switch, and so every dentist here who has Dentrix or Dentrix Ascend, they could contact us or Henry Schein, and and they could flip it on within five minutes. That's pretty incredible. And then everyone else who has a different practice management system, we are integrating a top ten. They can reach out to us and we can get them up and running incredibly quick as well. So it's it's a now thing and not even a next thing because we have already tons of people adopting it and we have great success stories of like patients converting treatment and um, patients want to go to the dentist who use AI because they want the second um, opinion. And we also have dentists who are reaching out all the time to give us more product feedback and what else they want, which Kirk, which is from a software perspective, that's the most amazing thing it can happen. Because that's how we can build an even better product, right? Like to get this feedback, like I even and my entire team, we get text messages from dentists who are using our product saying like, could you do this? Could you do that? Can you, you know, can you source automatically? As an example, this is based on product feedback. We are now sourcing automatically the past x-rays of a patient. Okay, so Kirk, you are coming in and you were there last year and you are coming in this again. We are diagnosing both of your x-rays. We are taking the past x-ray and we are identifying the same decay and then we can show you how much your decay grew in the last 12 months to explain like the progression of disease because the progression of disease is much more relevant than the state of disease. So those are all things which we are building together with our clients. And that's that's incredible. And I must say, you, you mentioned this in the beginning, I was, before I did AI research in breast cancer and, and healthcare, but what is so phenomenal in dentistry, and I really love this space, um, I've been in it now for five years, is that all of our clients are entrepreneurs themselves. They are business people themselves. They are clinicians themselves. So they need to, they are very innovative. So they they help us a lot to build the best product we can. Yeah, I love it. Maybe you could speak to the FDA process. How difficult is that? And why yeah. why is that so important to the AI process? Yeah, um, so... It is a pretty difficult, expensive, and strenuous process. <laughs> so if you think about the COVID-19 vaccine, like, you know, there were like two companies who got FDA clearance, right? Pfizer and um, and Moderna. And, uh, and honestly, our process is very similar to theirs. So what it does is we are giving a lot of dentists which need to fill a lot of categories. Like they need to have different age, gender. They need to have different tenure of experience. And we let them diagnose a certain set um, of patients without AI. 
And then we let them diagnose the same certain sets of patients, but this time with our AI. And what we need to show is that the AI and the dentist together, and that's very important for me, it's not against each other, together are better than the dentist alone. And so that process takes takes up to years. It's pretty expensive. Um, but it is also very important because we want our customers to know this AI, it improves the identification of true decay of true periodontal disease of true endodontic disease, right? Periapical radiolucent lesions, periodontal disease, radiographic bone loss, decay, all the way from incipient decay to decay, which is all the way into the pulp. Um, and it helps you um, to identify more true disease and doesn't increase the mistakes and the false positives, what we call it. So that's why I think FDA is important, number one, for us to have the trust in our, for our customers. Then number two, um, it is important so that the customers can actually use it um, because the FDA is saying it has an impact on patients. And so that's regulated by, uh, by the United States. And so we need to ensure that it elevates patient care and it doesn't diminish it. Um, right, and so we prove it in those studies, and these studies are incredibly, uh, incredibly rigorous. By the way, Kirk, we are talking about thousands of pages. We have statistician on board, and all of that. So that's why this is important, and that is also if it's FDA approved, the dentist can then use it to also, you know, communicate this to the patients, which is which is incredibly useful, as I mentioned earlier. Because honestly, dentists are awesome in general in diagnosing, etc. It just helps them to communicate the treatment plan also to the patient. And that's important. And for that, we need FDA approval. Um, exactly. But so we have an entire research team. We have over 100 dentists on staff, actually, who help us with this. Um, you know, we have machine learning engineers and scientists from from top universities and, and other AI companies, let that be Google or other AI startups. Um, so we have a pretty experienced and tenured team to do that, um, which is also important for us, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And go back to the communication piece. You know, one of the things I love about your vision here is you actually can see this is a great time for dentistry and it will eventually surpass healthcare as far as one of the best communicators. Can you explain that and how you see that? Yeah. So, so super shortly on, on the communication piece, et cetera. And it's really interesting. So I was actually just yesterday, I, I visit every month customers who are using our product and you know I, I i was a patient i'm going as a patient so i want to see how they use it and um and it's pretty phenomenal how dentists and also hygienists are using it so there are two ways um they are looking at the screen like you know the patient shares like this and then they have a screen which the patient doesn't see immediately and sometimes they have then another patient screen right where they show case it to the patient and so the first thing is on the screen they see themselves they're looking the first time when the dentist comes in they're looking at the screen and they see um, our AI detections. And so they are confirming them and they make up a treatment plan. And then they're showing the x-ray without our AI detections, without the carrier's boxes, et cetera, which are visualizations. So we have nice visualizations, sorry. They show the x-ray without the AI to the patient. And they say, hey, look, here there's the decay. And you see it's all the way, you know, from the enamel to the, to the dentin and you need to fill in. And now... We have this new technology, this AI, and then they switch on the AI, and the AI shows also this decay, right? And uh, and confirms what they were just explaining to the patient. And we have this AI, which is trained on millions of patients, right, by hundreds of dentists, um, and it confirms that as well. So we want to give you confidence that we really do the best-in-class dentistry here. And so that's how they are using it. 
as a, as a patient communications tool, if that makes sense. Also helps a lot between like hygienists and dentists um, to preheat as a hygienist to already communicate some of the findings to the patient while they're waiting on the dentist. And so they're really alive, which, which, which is really nice. I mean, they're not diagnosing, but they can show the radiographic bone loss um, on perio and so on. So that's why it's an amazing communication tool. Now, to, to your second part of the question, um, you know, as, as I mentioned earlier, I was in radiology before breast cancer. And I think the problem is in radiology that AI, to some extent, did threaten the jobs of radiologists because that's what radiologists do. They sit in a dark chamber, right? And all day, they are diagnosing different x-rays um, or CT scans or MRI scans. Now, in dentistry, it's a bit different. A dentist has a lot of jobs. Uh, they are a businessman. Uh, a woman. They are a diagnostician. They are a primary care physician, and they are surgeon. Right? Like it's four jobs in one, which is honestly pretty phenomenal um, that they that they can do it actually, right? So now we are only supporting them in the diagnostic part at this point, as well as we automate a lot of processes. And so it's it's not competitive at all because what we just want them to do is we want them to save time, as well as um, be able to communicate it um, to the patient clearly. And so what we are predicting, uh, Kirk, is that the adoption of diagnostic AI will, in the next two years, significantly surpass the adoption of AI in healthcare, meaning in radiology. And I think we are absolutely on track of that. Like we are already used, as I mentioned, by, by over a thousand dentists. Uh, you know, we diagnose over, uh, I think, a couple of million patients per year now. So, um, so the adoption is rapid and I'm, I'm very excited about it. Um, and I think, I think if I can be so Frank Kirk to make just a prediction and we can have another podcast in a year and two years and see if I'm right or wrong. Okay. But I do believe that in the next two years, um, AI supported diagnostics and dentistry will become to some extent the standard of care and patients will also request that. At least I can speak from my own experience yesterday being at the dentist and seeing our AI. Like I, I would like to have that. Um, and then number two, I do believe it will elevate uh, or it will enable dentistry in the long run to get to medical dental integration. And that is also what our company, that's why it's called Vidya Health, by the way. Vidya means to improve overall health is about. I do believe with massive amounts of data, we can do studies with AI and machine learning where we can actually show if you have certain age, gender, certain you know, diabetic, et cetera, certain other uh, medical conditions. And then you have this bone loss, this calculus and all that. You have a very high risk of being diabetic or have hypertension. And then we can flag that and we can request them to send to a primary care physician. And I think that's how, I think actually not healthcare will go into dentistry. I think dentistry will go into healthcare. And, uh, and that's our vision for the company uh, that we enable medical dental integration um, in the long run. Yeah, you proactively answered the question I was going to ask, which is anyone's guess. <laughs> what's the future look like? And so I'm going to hold you to that. We're going to have a podcast in a year, maybe in two years' yes. time, and see how close we are to that. Um, Let's do it. I think that sounds great. Can I ask you, what, what do most people get wrong in dentistry about AI as you're out having the conversation with them? Um, it's a great question. Um, I think... I think especially experienced dentists, um, they think it's um, it's AI versus them and they think that I don't need AI. 
Um, and I think I totally understand where it's coming from. Uh, but at the end of the day, we see AI as similar to digital radiography. Like when we had phosphor plates, you know, everyone was like, oh, I don't need digital radiographs. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just another toolbox which makes things easier, faster, better, right? And so I think um, it is a toolbox which just supports the um, the dentist um, in making their treatment plan as well as converting it. But it's not in any way or form should cut the autonomy of the dentist. That always will stay. And I think that is that is what we are facing, um, not in young dentists and not in hygienists, but especially in experienced dentists, is that they see it as challenging them. And one of the things which is awesome, Kirk, and I want to share this with you right now, I, I would love to write a big research paper about this at some point. Right now, I just don't find the time for it. But what is pretty amazing is, is the following. The dentist is that good and the eye is that good. And what really is the story is that AI and dentists together are that good. So what I mean by that is that where the AI is really good at, um, the dentist is not so great at, and that is just like being consistent, like don't have a, like yeah, not being sleepy, haven't slept well, or you are already in the office for nine hours and now comes like new patients, right? Like being impatient or whatnot, that just happens. We are humans. So the AI is always on point. It never sleeps and so on. Now, the dentist is much better to take the input from the AI and then form a holistic treatment plan, right? Form a, like know the patient, right? Know uh, the history of the patient, um, sees the patient, sees the skin color, understands how they are feeling, understands fears and all of that, right? The AI is terrible at that, right? So bringing the strength of a dentist clinician with lots of experience um, and being human, so to stay together with the AI, is just like a win-win. And I, I, it's really a partnership. It's nothing against. It's like together they are better, if that makes sense. Um, and 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 I'm. It, it's pretty magical, to be honest. Um, but but yeah, that's sometimes misunderstood. Yeah, very well said. Well, we're often misunderstanding things we don't completely understand. Maybe so we we tell ourselves. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so you're right, absolutely wise. And it's young, right? Like nonetheless, right. like I'm excited. I'm sharing with you, you know, that we have so many. Uh, people excited about our software and all of that. But overall, it's still, yeah, like dental AI didn't exist two years ago, um, so to say, right? Um, but it's still, yeah, so I totally understand that. But I think we will hear more and more stories um, of, of clinicians and patients and hygienists. Um, so I, I, I think that will change. Yeah, awesome. Well, any last thoughts you have, Florian? We're going to talk about where people can go to actually get started with this if they want. But any last thoughts you have on the future, where AI is headed, and its role in dentistry? Yeah, I, I think I think AI is now, which is very exciting. So the things we've talked about, Kirk, that's not future or anything. We are helping our clients right now to save time as well as get higher treatment acceptance, um, you know, by improving patient communication right now. I also do believe that this is the future and in two years it becomes a standard of care and patient will demand it. But I'm very excited about it because there will just happen more and more stuff around automation of strenuous tasks. And so I would honestly just encourage your listeners, who are obviously very innovative, I mean, you're listening to your podcast, Innovative uh, uh, Clinicians, uh, to reach out and give it a try, um, right? And see for themselves that if it helps them. Um, and I'm convinced it would be. So I, I would just encourage them to reach out at videohelp.ai um, and uh, and try it out. Yeah. 
So uh, we're going to provide, so if you're not taking notes, you know the jam around here, we take notes for you. So if you flip up to the notes in the podcast, wherever you're listening, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Amazon, you're going to see everything that we've discussed during the podcast. And so Florian, if I'm listening, where should I go? We're going to put this in the links, but where where do you want people that are listening to go? Uh, they should go to vidiahealth.ai, V-I-D-E-A, and then health.ai. Uh, that is our website and it has a lot of great information and you can book a demo. Um, and if you are on all the common PMS systems, you can get onboarded next week and try it out. Yeah. Awesome. I really, really appreciate this. And so I am going to volunteer you for a future episode so we can do an update. What do you think? I would love that. I really would love that. I, I, I do want to leave maybe with one note, Kirk. We really founded the company because we believe we can have a big positive impact it is one of the few things. So I, I, I studied medicine for six years and then dropped out one year before my MD because we truly believe that this is a win-win. It's a win for the patients, a win for the dentist, and, and a win for the company. Um, and that's not so often. So we are very excited about advancing health and, and have a huge impact together with our customers. So um, very excited and would love to have another podcast to, with, to, for you to keep me accountable on it. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Florian, thank you so much. Appreciate you. And, uh, Stick around while we say goodbye to everybody else. But thank you guys for listening to the Best Practices Show. Um, this stuff is exciting. And I know I need, I need to learn more about it. And so uh, keep checking this out. And uh, we're going to continue to add more and more education around this to help you guys provide uh, you know, a better practice, a better life for everybody involved. So uh, check out the show notes uh, and keep sending us suggestions for things that you guys want to see. You're going to see we're going to line them up continuously so until we see you guys next time or you hear from us next time keep watching or keep listening to the best practices show you guys enjoy your day so there you have it another great episode hope you guys enjoyed it hey and thank you for showing up i just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends and if you're really enjoying the podcast could you do me a favor could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.